Tonight, I'm super excited. It's a new year. Last week, we talked about the message about taking this year as a, as a year of action. I hope you guys were blessed. Was anybody encouraged and blessed by last week? You can lift your hands. This is interactive. I say it all the time. It was awesome. This year is going to be a year of action for us as a church. I've declared that. The Lord has promised us that. And so with that, I just, I want to give a blanket statement real quick. It's more of like a blanket, I need some prayer, we need some prayer. I can't really go into details, but basically, as a church body, we have a very cool potential opportunity this week to meet with somebody. And so I'm just, as a year of action, I really believe God's just already putting some things in actions, things that we couldn't even put our minds to. And so I'm asking you, as you guys think of us this week, Think about just God work in that church, move that church forward, continue to have your way in that church. So can we stand in agreement? Can I just see who wants to stand in agreement in prayer this week for some action? Amen. Thank you. But tonight, we're jumping back into the series, the first series of 2017, and it's called The Wonders. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Joseph is incredible. But The Wonders, and we're going to go through the book of John. I love the book of John. It is such a practical book. When people come to know Jesus, I tell them one or two books to read in the Bible, very first books. I either tell them to read James, which we went through for like 1,700 weeks. You guys are like, thank God that was over. Or I tell them the book of John because it's a simple way to read about who Jesus was, his life, but also the miracles and the ministry of Jesus. And so I said, you know what, God, what do you want to do moving forward? And he said, let's go through the book of John together. So I called this series The Wonders. And if you have your Bibles or your smartphones, open them up to John 1, very first chapter. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture, and we're going to jump in to tonight's message. You guys with me? Say, I'm with you. John 1, it says this. It says, Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip... He said to him, Philip, follow me. Philip, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, Andrew and Peter were two disciples that he just called. Jesus just called Andrew and Peter and said, hey, yo, Andrew, Pete, come with me. You're going with me. We're doing ministry together. We're doing life together. So they followed him. So just like them, Philip was from the town of Bethesda. Philip found Nathanael and told him, Nate, <laughs> We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Nazareth. There's an exclamation point there. Nazareth? Not a question like, Nazareth? You're saying there's a king, there's a Jesus from Nazareth? Can anything good come from there, Nate says. <laughs> Philip's telling him about Jesus, and he goes, Nazareth, can anything good come out of there? Wow. And Philip says this, come and see. Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me, Nate said. Never met him. Never encountered him. This was the first time. Wouldn't you be a little freaked out? He said, yo, how do you know me? Jesus says, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. That's going to be key tonight. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. 
Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He added, truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus, this is your word. These are your people. Open up our ears, Holy Spirit, to receive. Open up our heart, Holy Spirit, to receive this word tonight. May it fall on good soil. God, you are good and you are worthy to be praised. We love you. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Come and see tonight's message. I titled it that specifically off of the phrase that they say there in the passage. I love that story. I was trying to figure out, man, am I going to talk about the first two disciples being called to the second? And as I read and studied Philip and Nate, I'm just going to call him Nate. You guys are like, who's Nate? Can we all just agree I'm going to call him Nate tonight? Probably for a little while. Nate, everybody shake your head. This is interactive. Just want to make sure you're awake. Nate. So Philip and Nate, it's a powerful story of Jesus showing up. Could you just imagine that moment? What a moment to see Jesus walking through the earth, not knowing who he was maybe, but he was calling men, calling men, saying, hey, come follow me. And they would just give up everything. They would drop their livelihoods, their businesses, everything that they had, and they followed Jesus. There's something to be said. Come and see. Come and see the wonders. The series is going to be powerful. The series is going to be amazing. I'm not just saying it because I'm going to be preaching it. I truly believe it. But come and see. You know, that phrase, come and see, it's got some anticipation in it. It's got some expectation. When you hear that, does anybody else feel like, man, when someone comes and tells you, hey, come and see with me, I want to show you something. Some thoughts run through your head, right? Anybody? Just me. Awesome. Me and one other person. Praise the Lord. When you say come and see, when someone says, hey, yo, Jay, come and see with me, I often think about, man, what? Where am I going? What am I going to go see? Is this going to be fun? Am I going to hate it? Am I going to enjoy it? But if someone says to you, hey, come with me, I want to show you something, there's anticipation, right? Right? I hope so. So me and my wife took a vacation this past summer to the Grand Canyon. Never been. 29 years old. Never have been to Arizona. Been a lot of places. Never seen that. And in that trip, she's like, we're going to go see something amazing. And I was like, what's that? The Grand Canyon. I was like, babe, it's a hole in the ground. Can we go to a beach? <laughs> she's like, no, we're going to the Grand Canyon. I was like, you're the boss. You do it. I'm just following you. She's like, so we're going to go on vacation. And I was like, all right, we're there. We're in Arizona. We'll go see it. She's like, you got to see it. You got to see it. So she's pumping it up, right? She's building my anticipation. But here's the kicker. She was like, the problem is, is that we have to leave at 4.30 in the morning. Did you say 4.30 in the morning? On vacation? I'm sleeping till at least 9.30, 10 o'clock on vacation. She says, no, at 4.30, we have to drive to the Grand Canyon. I said, woman, I love you. You want to know why I love you? Because I'm waking up at 4.30 to drive to the Grand Canyon with you. I love her. She's amazing. She's in the kids' church. This will be recorded. She'll hear it later. So we get in the car and we drive. It's a long drive from where we were. We were in Scottsdale, so it's like an hour and a half, two-hour drive. Just nothing. Desert. And I'm like, good night. I'm up this early driving on a single-lane highway with, like, this truck with a bunch of, like, I don't even know animals on it. We're going, like, 40 miles an hour. I have a terrible attitude already. I don't have coffee. For whatever reason, we didn't get coffee, so I'm dying physically. And I get 
to the point where it says national park, whatever, and it's like, great, we're here. Like the anticipation really starts to build. Like, is this everything she told me? And then it says you got another 15 miles to the, to the actual parking lot. I was like, are you kidding me? But who knows? How many of you know that the moment we showed up there to the Grand Canyon, the moment I walked down and there was thousands of people seeing it, and I stepped off to the little walk path that we got down, and I, I start to see, like, people taking pictures and really, like, man, they're, they're walking back like their eyes are wide eye. I'm like, man, maybe this is really cool. But in the back of my mind, I'm a skeptic. I'm kind of like, Nate, can anything good be down there? It's a hole. I'll dig a hole, and we'll go look at it. Is anybody with me on that? But I show up, and I take one step, and there is the Grand Canyon. And I am overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I start crying. Why am I crying at a hole? My wife's like, are you crying? I was like, yes. Leave me alone. I'll cry if I want to. She was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, this is amazing. This is God. This is something that I can't even put to words right now. Like, I couldn't even take my phone out and start taking pictures and putting on Instagram. I was just so overwhelmed by that moment. So when she said to me, hey, we're going to go see it. We're going to go check something out. That anticipation built up. And I showed up and I wasn't let down. I wasn't let down. Church, this is true for this scripture. And this is true with what we're doing here these next couple weeks with the, the, the wonders. There's miracles that we're going to look at. There's signs and miracles and wonders that Jesus performs in the book of John and throughout the Gospels that we see. And Philip, one of the 12, tells his boy Nate, Nate, come and check this out. Come and see this dude. It wasn't this mass monument. It wasn't the Grand Canyon. It was a person in the flesh right there, a man, a man. But a man that controls, that rules, that is the king of kings and the lord of lords, the one that can heal, restore, change a person's life, was standing right before him and Philip knew. But Nate doubted. Nate doubted. Nate said, what good? Nothing good come from that. I doubt sometimes. We doubt sometimes, church. But I truly believe and I'm praying. And maybe this is something that you need to do. Maybe if you call this place home, if you're going to come and join with us on this journey the next couple weeks, maybe just pray this prayer every single day. Lord, open up my ears, open up my eyes. I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you move. Take the circumstances, take everything that I'm facing, take my weak faith and make it strong. I want to see you move. I'm praying that over us as a church, just FYI. So if you're not praying, I'm going to pray for you. And the Lord hears my prayers. Everyone's like, does he? What is he praying for us? He does. So can we just, once again, hands raised, if you want to join with us on these next couple weeks, on the wonders, to see God's faithfulness, to see his miracle, to see the power of Jesus, let me just say this. I don't know where you've come from, but these things that happened back then 2,000 plus years ago are not dead. You want me to say it again? They are not dead. You can say amen. No, really, you can say amen if you believe that. They're not dead. Some people read this book, and they see these things happen, 
back then, and they say that's not happening today. I tell you right now, it is happening. I promise. Oftentimes, it's not happening here in America, but if you go overseas, I have been to places. I have seen things. I've seen miracles happen in those moments. You know why? Because we got everything. We got everything. We're, we're a blessed nation. I'm not coming at our country. I love America. I don't want to move to Canada. If you're from Canada, we love you. You're welcomed. But I don't want to move somewhere else. I like this place. I like Chicago a lot. I love it. But we have everything here. This isn't in my notes. We have everything here. And you know what happens when you have everything? You don't need anything, you think. And you don't think anything can happen better for you than what you're seeing right now with your eyes. So tonight, as a year of action, I really believe these wonders, these miracles, these things that Jesus did here on earth in his ministry are going to rock us, are going to transform us, are going to empower you, are going to encourage you, are going to challenge you. But there's some things we got to put together before we get to the first one. There's some guidelines, I guess is the best word. There's some principles that we want to understand. And so, you know, that story of Pete and Nate, Pete and Nate, Philip and Nate, you know, just is an interesting story. They're friends. They're close. Some people state that they were brothers. Others say that's not the case. I probably lean towards they probably weren't brothers, but they were good, good friends. They knew each other. They knew everything about each other. They knew what they did. They knew how devout they were. But here's the deal. Nathaniel was a very devout follower of God. Don't get that missed. Please do not miss that. So we read this story and we think, man, were they even believers? Did they follow Jesus? Oh, no. Nathan was a follower of God. He was an Israelite that Jesus states had no deceit. Meaning, is this making sense? Meaning Nathan truly loved God with everything. He knew the story from Moses. He knew the books and the, 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 the stories that were being told about who this king was going to be and who was coming to earth. He knew it because he was in it. He lived by it. And how crazy. Can you imagine, like, you've learned all this stuff all your life. You hear all these stories, and then it's live. Like, live in action, right there, face to face. See, Philip sees Jesus, and he's like, Yep, oh no, he's here. This guy, that's the real one. I gotta go tell, Nate, he's way more of a believer than I am. I'm seeing this, believing this, this is real. Oh yeah, nope, gotta go tell my buddy Nate. Gotta, can you just picture this, I'm setting this up. Picture that, Philip encountering Jesus, saying, my God, you are here in the flesh, right in front of me. I gotta go tell my buddy. I gotta go let him know. So he goes to Nate. Nate's probably working, who knows, reading, doing whatever, chilling. It's like, Nate, come on, get up off the couch, stop eating Cheetos, let's go. I got to show you something. And Nate goes, what do you have to show me? The king is here, Nate. The king is here. He's here in the flesh. He's alive. He's walking. He's here. The one that we heard about, he's here. Nate knew all the stories, right? And Nate goes, where's he from? Nazareth. Uh, you missed it, buddy. You missed it. He ain't here. How often? This is the church today. I believe it. This is the church sometimes. 
God can't heal me. God can't fix my marriage. God can't restore me. Nothing good comes from him. He's dealt me a bad card. I said this. So Nate's sitting there going, nothing good comes from that town. That's not him. And Philip goes, Nate, you got to just come see. you got to come see. Picture that. Is that image in your head? So Nate shows up. He's walking down the street with Philip, probably having a conversation like, why did you bring me here? Why are you doing this to me? This is terrible. I was comfortable. I was relaxed. I was enjoying my time, me time. Why are you taking me to a place where I know that this dude here, he's nothing good can come from that. And as Nate is walking down the street, Jesus says something. Hey, you, that's walking towards me. That guy, he's telling everybody, that, that one, he's good. He's good. Jesus spoke to the heart of who that man was when he wasn't even face to face to him yet. That's powerful. That's powerful. So this is the scene that's happening. Nathan arrives, and we're going to jump into it, but Nathan arrives to the, to the feet of Jesus, and Jesus and him have a conversation. And Nathan realizes, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, you're here. But see, there's a big idea here. You guys awake? Amen. It's 6 p.m., 6.37, Sunday night. You guys are like, stay with me. This is good. I promise. This is going to get good. If it isn't already, it's good. Amen. I'm preaching good. I'll preach to myself. This encourages me all day long. All day long. But the big idea yet, here's the catch. Jesus shows up to earth to do ministry, right? Jesus comes to do the ministry that God called him to do and to ultimately end up to the cross. To not stop there, to go to the tomb and to raise the life again so that we could have eternal life of freedom found in Jesus that nothing could separate us from the King of Kings. Right? So that was Jesus' commission. But there was a point in a period when Jesus knew that ministry time, that doing miracles, doing signs, doing wonders was going to start. It didn't just happen right away when he was a little boy. Right? It didn't just happen when he was a teenager. There was a specific point that was going to happen. Where he was going to, where we read in scripture, he performed the first miracle. You know why? I don't want to jump ahead, but when he turns water into wine, that's the first one. His mother tells him, hey, you're going to do this. We'll get there next week. Come back. It's going to be good. His mom tells him, hey, you're going to do this. And he goes, no, my time isn't come yet. I'm not here. <laughs> we all know we listen to our mothers. So he does it. So, but before he's even meeting and doing stuff, he's calling his 12 disciples. They didn't see any wonders. They didn't see any miracles. They didn't see people raised to life. They didn't see people get fed, 5,000 plus. They didn't see with the natural eyes everything that Jesus was going to do. They didn't see it. But you know what they had? They had the faith to believe it. Amen? They had the faith to believe it. See, as Jesus calls the 12, every single one of them, Pretty much except Nate, <laughs> my boy Nate, says, yep, I'll follow you. Whatever's with you, whatever this is, whatever I'm getting, whatever sense in my spirit. You know, when Jesus shows up, that happens. Happened tonight. It's happening right now. When Jesus shows up, there's such a peace. There's such a presence there that you can't describe. So when he obviously showed up to these guys, there was something that overcame them. I have to believe that. Something that happened in them that said, okay, you know what, I'm going to go follow him. Whatever he's going to do, I'm going to give up all my business, all my livelihood. I'm going to drop everything, and I'm going to go follow him. 
Jesus, I truly believe, I'm going to say a statement. This may disagree with it. You may agree with it. I'm sorry. I don't believe that Jesus' ministry, his healings and his teachings, he's God Almighty, right? But I think in this moment it hit me, catch this, it hit me so powerful that Jesus didn't want to start until he started seeing people believe that he could be the one that was written about. You with me? Like, what are you saying? See, Jesus, I truly believe, he could have started healing people. His time had not come. God did not speak to him. But why does he tell us about these stories of calling 12 guys without any miracles and signs happening? You want to know why? He wanted to see how faithful they were. How much they were just willing to say, you know what, I'm all in. And then the miracles were like icing on the cake. The signs and wonders were like icing on the cake. But he wanted to just know, hey, listen, I'm in. I'm all in. Because when you give up your livelihood, how many know? When you give up your businesses, when you give up everything you've known to just go follow a dude, there's some faith there. You could say amen. So what are you saying? Do I got to give up my businesses? Do I got to stop? No. But I think our heart's posture has to really start to come with grips that, you know what, this Christianity and the stuff that I've seen all my life, the stuff that doesn't show me how good God is, the stuff that doesn't show the miracles that happen, the stuff that doesn't happen today, you know what? I'm still going to choose to do what I'm doing in this life that God's called me in terms of business, but I'm going to choose to see it. That's good. You could say, amen, I'm going to choose to see it. I'm going to choose to have eyes wide open, full of faith, seeing God do miracles. I want to see miracles in this church. I believe miracles for this church. This church in itself is a miracle. Me and my wife, zero dollars, started a church in Chicago with the fail rating over 80% of first-time churches planting in the city. We're a year in. That's a miracle. That's not pride. But that's Jesus still working. So if you need evidence, just look at this. Look at you sitting here tonight. I want to have the faith to believe that, you know what, you got sickness and disease in your body, we're going to pray for healing. you got a marriage that's jacked up, we're going to pray for restoration because Jesus loves godly marriages and he wants marriages to succeed. You need direction and clarity on what to do as a college student next, we're going to believe that in this church you're going to hear from heaven and go do it. You don't know him, you don't have a relationship, you're living in sin and shame and bondage, he's going to release you from that. That's the greatest miracle ever. But we, it's amazing, we have to choose faith. See, I was telling Jordan earlier, I said, you know, sometimes we pray, God, if it's your will. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. God, if it's your will, let me do this. Help me here. Do that. But if it's not your will, you know, God, like, I understand. Jesus' heart is for never to give you something bad. He doesn't want to give you bad stones and bad bread. He doesn't say, hey, you know what? You pray for bread, I'm going to give you a stone. No, he says, I'm going to give you bread. But sometimes we just don't have the faith to believe it. Just encouraging you. You guys are looking at me like, man, how much longer? A couple minutes, we're done. But this is good because this has got to set us up for where we're going and what we're going to see. Because if you don't have the faith to believe, you're going to miss out on what God wants to do in your life, I promise you. You're going to miss out on some of the greatest miracles you could experience by God today, right now, if you just don't ask God to have the faith to believe. So the first thing that I just want to challenge you with when I saw this 
is you got to doubt the doubt. That's good. You can say amen. You got to doubt the doubt. Nathan doubted. I'm like Nate. I doubt. There's probably many of us in this room tonight that doubt. But how many know that doubt's going to come? That voice that's saying, this stuff you're serving, the thing you're doing, you investing your money and your time into building the church, you reaching people, you trying to change the city of Chicago through the local church, that ain't happening. That's doubt. And that's not from God. It's not. So we have to take a responsibility and we have to say, you know what my heart's posture is? I'm going to doubt the doubt. See, Jordan, come here for a second. I need him. See, I was wondering who I could use for this because I'm a little heavy. Pray for me. But I, Jordan's one of my best friends. He's one of my best friends. He's strong. He's muscular. He's blonde. He's good looking. It's amazing. If I only had half his talents. See, Jordan is the guy that always does everything really good. It's that friend that you hate but you love. Like, hey, do you want to go play badminton? He's like, oh, yeah, I was the badminton champion of, you know, the world. Okay, cool, thanks. Do you want to go, uh, you know, swing some golf clubs? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can just drive the ball like 400 yards. Cool, man. I'm never doing anything with you. Thanks. I love you, but that's it. But here's the deal. He knows me, and I know him better than anybody. Better than a lot of people. He is one of my best friends. So if I told Jordan to stand here like this, and I stood here like this, and I go backwards, so help me. I'm not going to doubt that. I'm not going to doubt that he's going to move away. He's going to back up. You know why? He cares for me. He cares for me. He cares for my well-being. So if I choose to fall backwards at any point, <laughs> at any point, if I choose to fall back, I'm not doubting that he's going to catch me. I'm doubting that I could stand here, I could close my eyes, I could sway back and forth, He's flexing, ready to go. But I'm not going to doubt that he's going to catch me. Thanks. No, really, thank you. Does that make sense? See, Nate doubted, but Philip didn't. See, Philip showed up. Jesus, you're here. You're here. I don't doubt it any longer. The stuff I read about, the stuff that I've heard, the stuff that I've been told all my life, I don't doubt you're here. But Nate shows up. Really, can anything good come from that hometown? Can anything good come from that place? Because I've read about that place. It's not a good place. Jesus wasn't born in the best place. You guys know that. Maybe you don't. Jesus wasn't born in a predominantly great neighborhood, a great opportunity, privilege, honor. No, he was born in the slums, really. Came from the slums. But he was the king. And so when Nathan shows up face to face, he's doubting. You know what Jesus does? Because he loves him. You know why Jordan caught me? Because he loves me. But Jesus compliments him. When Nate was full of doubt, Jesus complimented him. Jesus poured out his love on him. He said, hey, I know you're doubting me. It's not verbal. It's in my head. This is how Jesus is acting. You know, I know you're doubting me, but I know you. I know you to be a man, a real Israelite, no deceit in you. That was like one of the highest compliments at that time. In the Jewish culture, that's a high compliment. You're full of no deceit. I love you. You're doubting me. You're doubting me. You're doubting me. I'm pursuing you. I'm pursuing you. I'm pursuing you. 
You're doubting me, you're doubting me, you're doubting me. I love you, I love you, I love you. Come with me now. If I have to tell you that over and over again, Nate, hey, listen, you doubt it, you doubt it, I love you, I love you. You doubt it, you doubt it, I love you, I love you. But our doubt gets overcome by our fears. Our doubt gets overcome by our circumstances. And so tonight, I challenge us, look at this. Nate says, whoa, hold on. You just gave me the highest compliment. You know me. You know where my heart's posture's at. I doubted you, but you're still complimenting me? You're still pouring out your love? I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in. Because Jesus was pursuing him even in the moments of doubt. But we have to choose to fight that voice of doubt. That God's working power still happens today. That his miracles and his signs and his wonders still happen today. That he pursues people still today. That he wants to change this city still today. You could say amen. But we got to doubt the doubt. We got to put the doubts aside. We got to put the things that we think about God aside and say, no, I want to know who you are, God. You know where that comes? I said it last week. The altar. The altar. The altar place of our lives, the times that we step away, we get away, and we seek after God day in and day out. We want the blessings, we want the provision, but we don't want to get into the one with God. Seek him, and the doubt starts to fade. The second thing is this. It was always about his love for us. Jesus came because it wasn't that he was mad at us. He wasn't upset. He was honestly just in love with us that he hated to see the sin that was in the world. Have you heard that? Maybe you haven't. He was so madly in love with you that he heard the Father's voice say, hey, you're going to go down there and you're going to give up your life for these people because he loves you. He wasn't mad. Is God a jealous God? Is he a righteous God? Oh, yeah. Don't miss that. You got sin in your life and you just keep sinning over and over and over again? He wants to get that out, and sometimes it gets a little tough. But that's sin, that's what separates us, but that doesn't mean he's pursuing you and loving you. So it was always about his love. And I get this because there's that moment that Jesus says once he shows up, like, I saw you, Nate, under the fig tree. Under the fig tree. See, fig trees were big. They were large trees, very large. And oftentimes in a fig tree, they had big holes in them. That's not a fig tree. Everyone's like, is that a fig tree? That is not a fig tree. But oftentimes they had holes in fig trees to where you could hide in them. You could literally fit your whole body in a fig tree. Why would Jesus tell them, hey, you know what? I saw you in the fig tree. We don't know. To be honest, people are saying all the time, commentaries, people just read the Bible a lot smarter than me. Lord knows it. They're like, you know, we don't really come to conclusions on it. But I believe the word of God speaks through his Holy Spirit. And when it spoke to me, it showed me, man, Nate had to be in a place where he was just in so much pain, hurt. Maybe he did something. Maybe he was shame. Maybe somebody said something to him. Maybe somebody did something to him. But he went to a place, to a tree. Maybe he just went to get alone with God in that presence moment. Maybe he just wanted to lay bare before God. We don't know, but something made him go to a fig tree and hide out. Or to sit there. Nobody else knew where Nate was in the fig tree. Making sense? When you play hide and go seek, you want to hide out. 
You don't want anybody to find you. But guess who knew where he was? Jesus. So Jesus calls out a moment. Nate, I saw you in the fig tree. You know what happened? Light bulb. You loved me. (laughs) You loved me. You found me in the moments probably where I could be dark and hurting. You love me. You're calling out a moment where I, where I truly believe Nate was in some sort of turmoil. But you love me that you're going to tell me that you saw me in that moment. You know what Jesus was saying? I see you children. I'm watching over you. I see whatever's going on in you. I see it all. And I'm still coming after you. I'm still coming towards you. I'm still showing you that I'm here for you. And the powers and the wonders that I'm about to do is because of the moments that we sit in fig trees where we feel like, you know what, he's not here. He's not with me. He's forsaken me. He's never forsaken. He's never left. And he promised, Nate, you were in that fig tree. I see you. I love you. That's good. Is that, a, is that, is that good? That's good. That encourages me that, man, God would call out stuff in me. God's called out so much stuff in me. The moments when people don't know, the things that are happening in my life that nobody else knows. You know what he does? He calls it out. He said, Jay, I see you in that point. I see you in that place. I know what you're doing. I know what you're hiding from. I know you feel abandoned and left out, kicked, beaten. I know you feel all those things. I see you in there. Come out. Because I love you. Come with me. Follow me. You don't got to go back to that fig tree, Nate, anymore. You're not going to go back to that tree and hide out. You get to walk now. You get to step up, and you get to step out, and you get to walk. Come and see. And the last thing is this, and Jordan could come up. Is this encouraging you? This is groundwork. This is groundwork for where we're going. These things have to come to resolve in our hearts to say, you know, I'm going to doubt the doubt. I'm going to remember that it was always about his love. And the third thing is this. The logic of this world will be triumphed by the supernatural workings of the kingdom. I hate my mind sometimes. Just being honest. I hate my mind. Puts thoughts in there, puts things in there that don't belong. It makes me think, man, God isn't that good. How are we going to make it? How are me and my wife going to find a way to make it here in the city? How is this church going to grow? How are people going to come to know Jesus? Is this even worth it? I've heard those thoughts, doubts. But you know what I remember every time? And I pray this encourages you. I have to get back with the Father. I got to get his mind. I got to get his thoughts. I got to get his thinking that are higher than my thinking, that are greater than my thinking, that are better than my thinking. But you know what we do? And what we've done as a church, I'm just making a blanket statement. Don't judge me. We've lowered the supernatural kingdom of God to our logical mindset. Me. Saying me too. I'm not throwing things at you guys. This is me. See, I've put God to where I think He works at. Lord, forgive me. See, I I I haven't seen Him do the miracles in my life that I think I should see. I didn't know how He was gonna use me. I didn't know and trust Him that you know what He was gonna bring a woman to me, a wife. I didn't know that he was going to bring a calling on our lives to do this. I didn't know all that. I just saw what I could see, which was right here. Right here. That's it. That's not God's eyes. God's eyes are here. 
But as a church, when we lack faith and when we doubt, and we forget that he loves us so much, we lower it to here. And so, what are you saying, Jay? What are you telling us? We need to pray for the Lord through his Holy Spirit to raise our level of faith to here. I want faith here. See, this isn't me trying to convince you. This is just me telling you where I'm at in my story. But I think it's speaking to some of us that we haven't seen God work in the ways that we think he should work. We haven't seen the things that we think we should have in this life. We haven't seen, man, I haven't found the person that's Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. I haven't found the right job. I haven't found the right provision. I haven't found the right place to live. I've been walking, God. I've been serving you just like Nate. I've been reading the scriptures. I've been trying to know who you are. But it was all up here for him. It was never in here to know what? It's well with my soul. It's well with my soul. My logic, my thinking, my mindset is going to go to the supernatural kingdom of God. And that only happens through the giftings and workings of his spirit. So tonight I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for everybody. If you're going to continue to come and be a part of this journey, praise God, I hope you do. Because the wonders of Jesus are amazing. You're a wonder of Jesus. Do you know that? You want a miracle? You want a miracle right now in this place? Because you're like, what's he going to do? Pick up the bottle, turn it into wine? Nope. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at a bunch of miracles. Miracles. Breath, breathing, standing up, sitting down, singing, clapping, rejoicing, working, stepping. Human beings. Miracles. Beings that Jesus put together in his mother's womb, put them together, knit them together, every fiber, every being of you. No matter what you look like, no matter what you fit in, how you think you feel, he's made you perfect. That's a miracle. Because he loves you that much. And I promise if you just hold on, if you just keep holding on to the hand of the Father, he's going to take you on a journey. He's going to take you on a walk. It's a walk with them. The disciples didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what they were going to experience. They just knew they were going to go on a walk with the king. And in that, their minds were blown. Everything they thought was blown. So come and see, church. Come and see the one that loves you. Come and see the workings of him. And you don't got to show up to church every Sunday to see it. I pray that you do. You need to be here. I promise. But go and see him. Philip didn't say, hey, see, then come. Philip's words were right on. Come, step, walk, and then see. I want us to go. I want us to walk. I want us to see the miracle working power of Jesus, but we got to take that step. We got to take that step. We got to take that step, and we will see something supernatural happen in our lives. Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. I pray this encouraged you. I pray this strengthened you. I'm going to pray two prayers tonight. And I think this is important. So with every head bowed and every eye closed. The first is this. Maybe you are here for your first time and you're like, man, I've never heard this news about this guy that loves me so much. 
that he would call me out of my fig tree, the places of darkness, the places that nobody else knows about. He would call me out. And he would say, hey, I don't, he wouldn't say, I don't hate you. I'm, I'm not proud of you. No, he says, hey, come follow me. Come with me. I want you on my journey. I want you on my team. So if you're in the room tonight and you've never given your life over to Jesus, you've never surrendered to Jesus and just said, you know what, I may not get it, I may not understand it, I may not have to see it all, but I want to come, Jesus. I want to come to your throne room, Jesus. I want to come sit at your feet, Jesus. That's good enough for me. If you're in the room tonight, I believe there's some people that he's tugging on your hearts. He wants you to come home. This church does this every week because we believe it's the most important thing we can do. He loves you. He cares for you. He died for you, and he wants you to come back home. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to just make an agreement together. I want you to look up on the count of three. We're going to stand in agreement for your salvation. You're going to come to know the King of Kings, and your life is going to be eternal with him. So if you're in the room tonight and you want to say, you know what, I've been living for myself. I've been living for this world. This world's done nothing for me. I want the wonders of Jesus Christ in my life. If that's you, one, he died for you. Two, he loves you. Three, he's given you eternal life. If that's you, look up right now. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. If you looked up, pray this prayer. Jesus, I receive you tonight. I give you my life. I surrender at your feet. Wash me new. I'm your child. Fill me, oh God, with you. I want to go on this journey. I trust you. I believe in you. You are my king. You are my savior. You are my Lord. I love you, Jesus. The second thing I want to pray is this, because this is important for us as a church. I want to pray for people to have the power of Jesus Christ in their lives. So I'm going to pray for people that if you want to have the eyes and the heart and the faith to believe that Jesus is alive and working and can work in your life today, I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to pray that you receive his Holy Spirit in ways you've never imagined or thought about. It's not weird, I promise you. Churches have made it weird. It's not. It's the empowerment of his spirit inside of us that changes us that walks with us, that allows us, that gives us the opportunity to go with him. So if you're in this room and you say, you know what, I want to join this journey of just seeing the wonders of Jesus day in and day out. I want his spirit to give me new eyes and a new heart and a new mind. I just want you to slip your hand up right now. No one looking around. If you want to join, just slip your hand up. If you say, you know what, I want to be with the spirit of God doing this. Slip your hand up. Amen. Every hand up. Keep them up. We're going to pray out loud. Even if you didn't lift your hand up, I encourage you to pray this prayer after me. Spirit of God, come over me. I receive you. Baptize me. Empower me. Grow me. Give me a new mind tonight. Give me a new heart tonight. Give me your vision. I receive you. Change my life. Jesus, tonight, You've done a wonder in these people's lives. You've done a wonder here in this church. We know, God, that you're going to continue to wonder and amaze us in this city, God. So we love you. We trust you. We believe in you. You're a good dad. You love your children. Continue to push this forward. Continue to show us your plans and purposes for us as believers. Father, may we just not step out into this world wondering 
if you're with us. But may we step out full of courage and faith knowing that we're going to doubt the doubt. We know you love us. And you've given us the supernatural workings of the kingdom in our lives. So, Father, we rejoice. We praise you. You are worthy to be praised. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't you stand to your feet?